Well, today I want to talk to you about the missing piece. I really do believe that peace is one of those things that everybody craves, but very few people have. If you think about it, it doesn't really matter how much money you have, because money cannot buy you peace. If you think about it, it doesn't matter how many degrees you have, doesn't matter how long you spend in school, how much education you've earned, education is not going to teach you how to live in and enjoy peace. It doesn't matter what kind of family you grew up in, it doesn't matter how many connections you have with powerful people, because people in your life, they cannot give you peace. When it comes to peace, it's one of those things that everybody craves, everybody wants it, but I'm telling you, very few people know where to get it. I mean, do you just look at the video that Miguel created for us for our Easter weekend? It's just a bunch of clips that have been ripped straight out of the headlines. It's all real stuff that is happening in the real world. That video really does depict the current condition of our world. It's a world that we all know is in some ways incredibly beautiful. But it's also a world that in many ways is extremely broken. God made it, and man has broken it. We have broken it with things like hatred and violence and greed and sin and war. And because of that, people are walking around, and they are not walking around in peace. They are walking around in a panic Stocks are dropping, the cost of everything is rising, people really do live in constant conflict with one another. We're taught that if you don't agree with someone, then you should just hate someone. People want peace, but in a world like that, there is no peace. And that's just when we start to think about what's happening in our world. That doesn't even describe the things that are going on in our own lives. I mean, if we were honest with each other today, and I mean really honest, we would probably all admit that there's conflict in our homes. We don't always get along with one another, and it robs us of our peace. If we were honest, we would probably say, man, I'm dealing with real pressure at work. Sometimes it feels a little bit overwhelming. Sometimes it feels like the deadlines or the boss is being completely unrealistic. It's creating pressure that's robbing me of my peace. A lot of people are walking around and they're battling some kind of secret addiction in their life. I know what I do, but that's not who I want to be, and it robs us of our peace. A lot of people have money troubles. They've been just putting things on credit cards, and now they're trying to dig themselves out of a massive hole. You've got other people who have health issues that can't be fixed. You've got other people who are trying to get their anxiety under control, or they're trying to get their depression under control. This right here describes life for so many people. My point is simply this, when it comes to peace, we all want it, but very few people in our world actually have it. 
And so today, what I want to do is I want to take you back to the very first Easter Sunday, as it was recorded by one of Jesus' closest friends, a guy by the name of John. But today, I don't want to spend our time talking about what happened. Instead, I want to spend our time talking about why it matters. You see, I understand that most of you already know what happened. I think it's safe to say that every year you show up at either this church or maybe some other church and you attend an Easter service and you hear basically the same thing every single year, right? It's the story of the empty tomb. Preacher like me stands up and starts talking about the hope or maybe the promise of eternal life. We always throw in a few good YOLO jokes, right? Like throw it up on the side screen, there's Jesus. You only live once, yeah, right? Just kidding. LOL, BRB, be right back. And then we get up here and we sing a bunch of our favorite Easter songs that talk about Jesus overcoming the grave. And everybody leaves and we're off to brunch or lunch with the family. And I want you to hear me say this. I love services like that. Because those services teach people about the eternal significance of this historic event. But but I also want to say that services like that, they typically lead you to believe that the resurrection of Jesus doesn't have a lot to do with this life. It only matters when it comes to eternal life. And that's great if you came to service today and you're about to die. If you walked in here and you've been given a death sentence by a doctor and you don't have long to live, then you need desperately to hear about the hope or the promise of eternal life. But for the 99% of you who walked in here today, you're not trying to figure out how to die. You're trying to figure out how to live. How do I live in this life and find some kind of peace that I can live with? Or is it just going to be a grind where I grit my teeth for another 45 or 50 or 55 years until I finally die and then I can enjoy a little peace? If you've ever thought something like that, if you've ever felt that, then I am so glad you're here today because today I am going to talk to you about why the resurrection matters. I want you to walk out of here with a very clear understanding that the resurrection of Jesus matters because the resurrection is the key to the peace that you crave. And I'm going to show it to you. John chapter 20, verse 19, it is still technically Easter Sunday. It is very late in the day. This is what happened, and this is why the resurrection matters. John chapter 20, 19 to 21, we read this. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for Fear of the Jewish leaders. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. 
The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Now, again, we all know what happened on that first Easter Sunday, right? Jesus defeated death. Jesus came up out of the grave. He appeared to all of his disciples, and then he appeared to as many as 500 people at the exact same time. He wasn't a ghost. Jesus was walking around in a physical body. These people touched him. These people were able to have a conversation with him. These people shared a meal with him, all of which were indicators that Jesus was not just spiritually alive, but Jesus was physically alive. Now, that's what happened, but today I want to spend the rest of our time talking to you about why it matters. Yes, it has everything to do with where you spend eternity. I am not denying that. I am not downplaying that. But I want you to understand today that it also has a lot to do with how you live your life on this earth. See, if you believe in the resurrection of Jesus, it will give you a perspective that produces peace. If you believe in the resurrection of Jesus, it will give you a perspective. And that perspective will produce in your life a great sense of peace. When Jesus first appeared to his friends and followers as a group, he said something to them very, very important. And he didn't just say it to them once. Jesus said it to him two different times. Two times in a very short period of time, Jesus said to them, peace be with you. Now, I want you to think about it for just a minute because in that moment, Jesus could have said anything, okay? This could have been like the shining moment where he popped into the room and said, I'm back, right? That, that would have been a little creepy though, right? This could have been one of those moments that's like the I told you so moment, right? If you love to tell people I told you so, this is the perfect I told you so moment. But, but Jesus didn't say that. Instead, Jesus said, peace be with you. He knew exactly what was going on in their life. And I want you to know today that he knows exactly what is going on in your life. But before he ever showed up in that room, he knew that they found themselves in a scary moment. And so Jesus wanted to give them some peace and some assurance in that moment. He didn't want them to live in fear because he knew that where there is fear, there is no peace. So when Jesus appeared to these disciples, he walked into a room and they were gathered together in the room and the doors were locked. Why were the doors locked? Because they were afraid. These guys were afraid because they had just watched the Jewish leaders, these very powerful people, put Jesus on a cross and kill him. 
And now they're living in fear that they didn't just kill Jesus, but they are going to hunt down and they are going to kill all those who are followers of Jesus. These guys had followed Jesus in a very public way, not a private way. Everybody knew that these guys, they loved Jesus. They walked with Jesus day after day. And because of that, these guys are now living in fear of what the Jewish leaders are going to do to them. They're living in fear. They are not living in peace. When I look around our world today, And when you look around the world today, you all see a lot of people who are living in fear just like these disciples. There is no doubt in my mind that a lot of you walked into this service today and you are battling fear in your life. Probably the fear of the unknown. But let me point out to you that fear is not the only thing that will prevent you from living in and enjoying peace. Some of you are dealing with anxiety. I've got a buddy of mine who told me not all that long ago that there are days when he feels like there there is an elephant sitting on his chest. He can't catch his breath but because he's got so much anxiety going on in his life. Some of you, you're not experiencing peace because you're living in conflict. There's maybe conflict in the home. Maybe there's conflict at work. No peace. Some of you are dealing with depression. Some of you are worriers by nature. That's not naughty by nature. That's two totally different things. But but you're worriers by nature, right? And so you just sit around all the time worrying yourself sick. Some of you are stressed out. You're overwhelmed by the pressures of life. And some of you are the kind of people who are just restless. You are always searching for the next thing. And because you can't live with any kind of contentment, and you've got that restless spirit, and you're always chasing after the next thing, there is no peace in your life. It's interesting, and honestly, it's really sad when you start to think about all the things that can destroy your peace. What we want most, what we're missing the most, What we need the most is peace. And yet there are very few people in the world who have peace. Like to the point, it's hard for you to look at someone that you know. And I mean you really know them. And say, now that is the perfect picture of someone who is living in and enjoying peace. It's almost like these people are non-existent. It's like there's something that is always robbing us of our peace. For for the disciples of Jesus, there were a lot of things that were robbing them of their peace. For, For one, their friend Jesus has just been killed. And so they are dealing with the reality of the death of a loved one and it's robbed them of their peace. On top of that, these guys had a dream that has just been destroyed For three years now, they've been listening to Jesus teach and talk about the kingdom of God, and they believed that they would sit there with Jesus and that they would rule in the kingdom of God. And now that dream feels like a pipe dream. There's another thing that's robbing them of their peace. These guys believe there's a bounty on their head. I'm telling you, any one of those three things would rob you of your peace. And these guys are dealing with all of it at the exact same time. 
what they are dealing with in the present, completely depressing. When they look into the future, no sign of hope, only dark days ahead, living with a lot of fear, the fear of the unknown. That's what they were up against. And so I want to ask you, seriously, what are you up against? What are you dealing with right now that is preventing you from living in peace? You may be able to identify one thing. I'm going to be honest with you today. I got a list of things, okay? I'm going to give you just my top five, okay, so so that we can get you out of here at a decent time, right? Number one on my list is relationships, If I've got a relationship that I care about and that relationship is not right, there's no peace in my life. If things are not right with me and Steph, no peace. If I'm in conflict with Maggie or Sam, one of my kids, there's no peace. If the relationship is not right, it's hard for me to have any real sense of peace in my life. Number two on my list, health issues. I'm 44. I had no idea I would be hurting like I am at this age in my life, right? But, but when something's not quite right with my health, it's frustrating and it's hard to have any real sense of peace. If there's a money problem in my life, the money's going out the window and the peace is going out the window with it, right? That there's no peace. Unexpected expenses. Man, I never saw that coming. I thought we were finally getting ahead, but there it goes again, right back out the window, When things are tough at work, it's hard for me to enjoy any peace. I mean, just imagine my life for a minute. Have you ever spent significant amounts of time with Christians? I mean, they'll destroy your peace, man. It's only funny because there's a little truth in every joke, right? Man, Man, when things are hard at work, when I've overtaxed myself, when I've packed my schedule too full, when I've got too many speaking engagements on the calendar, I start to lose my peace. When things are uncertain in my life, I start to lose my peace. You can probably identify with all five of those. You probably have other things that you struggle with as well. But when I'm dealing with those things, I typically start to believe that if I could just fix this problem, then I could find my peace. You ever think that to yourself? If I could just fix this problem, the thing that's stealing my peace, then I could find my peace. But you and I both know that's not true. Because as soon as I fix this problem... Here comes another problem, right? Life is just one big problem after another. And so if I live all of my life believing that if I have no problems, then I can find some peace, I'm never going to find any peace. But you know what I've noticed about life? At least this is true in my own life. In my own life, I realize that that I lose my peace when I've lost my perspective. And that's why I want you to learn today that peace is not about fixing a problem. Finding your peace is about fixing our perspective. There are a lot of times in my life when I allow something to become a much bigger deal than it ever should be. I start to believe that what's happening now is what matters most. But it's not. 
I'm so caught up with what's happening right here and right now that I lose sight of the much bigger picture and I lose sight of everything else. You know what that's called? That's called making a mountain out of a molehill. And we all do it, and we do it all the time, and when we do that, we lose our peace. As these disciples are hiding in this room in John chapter 20, they are fixated and focused on one thing and only one thing. These Jewish leaders, they sit in that room and all they talk about is, look at what they did to Jesus. What do you think they're going to do to us? But, but you know who walked through that door? It wasn't the powerful Jewish leaders. It was the resurrected Jesus. And when the resurrected Jesus walked into that room, he gave them some much-needed perspective. In verse 19, he said, peace be with you. Verse 20, after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. You guys need to get your mind off of them, and you need to get your mind onto me. Look at my hands. Look at my side. And we're told that the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. In just a moment of time, they went from living in fear to being completely overwhelmed with joy. But I want you to notice their circumstances didn't change. Their perspective was the only thing that changed. When you focus on the resurrected Jesus, it puts everything else in your life into a proper perspective. I promise you this. If you would keep your eyes focused on the resurrected Jesus, you and your spouse would fight a lot less because you would realize really quickly how petty those problems really are. It's absolutely true. What is going on now is not what matters most. Just think about our world for a minute. Do you ever think that something is a big deal and then something else happens that's a really big deal. And then all of a sudden you look at the first thing and you realize that was no big deal. That, that's a sign that you're losing your perspective on what's really important in life. Maybe the best way to think about it is to think about what happened on 9-11. If you were alive on September 11th, then you remember that day. Let me ask you, how many of you who were alive on that day remember what happened, not on September 11th, but you remember what happened on September 10th? Now, nobody remembers what happens on September 10th. And yet, if you watch the evening news, 11 o'clock, Monday night, September 10th, there were all these news reporters on every single station, and they were all talking about things that were a big deal that in reality were no big deal. Barry Bonds just hit his 63rd home run that day. It's a big deal. First track in the first hurricane of the season. Hurricane Aaron's out there brewing in the water somewhere. It's a big deal. Sitting here watching the Monday night football game and the Broncos just beat the Giants. 
It's a big deal to Jeremy because he's a Giants fan, but it's a no big deal to everybody else, right? Well, we've got a healthy perspective on that one, right? And at the time, on that Monday night, all these things, they felt like such a big deal. But many of the things that we thought mattered on Monday, all of the sudden mattered much less the next day. When terrorists took control of planes and crashed them into the Pentagon, into the World Trade Center buildings, crashed one into a field in Pennsylvania, we forgot about all of those things that seemed so important because now we were facing something that was truly important. When these guys saw the resurrected Jesus, they forgot about the things that felt so important because now they were face to face with something that was of ultimate importance. And it's not just that these types of things happen in our world. This loss of perspective, it happens all the time in our daily lives. No doubt, you you have lived through some tough days and you've had some extremely difficult experiences in your life. But I would tell you, it felt like a very big deal at the time. But now, it doesn't seem like a very big deal at all. Just, Just take a little trip down memory lane with me for a minute and I'll prove it to you. When you were in elementary school, You felt like you had real problems, right? No chocolate milk in the cafeteria, no peace. No recess today, it's raining outside. You've got to be kidding me. No peace. Got got a big coloring project due on Friday, and I got to figure out how to stay inside all these lines. No peace in your life. And in that time, at that season of your life, those problems, they felt like real problems. But then you left elementary school and you went into middle school and your perspective on all of those elementary school problems, all of a sudden they changed. When you think about the problems that you had in elementary school, you start to realize, oh, it it felt like a very big deal at the time. But now, it doesn't seem like a very big deal at all. Why? But because now you're in middle school, and when you're in middle school, you've got real problems, right? You got hair growing out of places. You didn't know it was going to be there, right? You're like, what is happening to me? You are feeling things in your body that you have never felt before. When you were in elementary school, everybody made the team. Now that you're in middle school, only the best players are going to make the team. And to you, in that season of your life, it all felt like such a big deal. Then you went on to high school and college, and your perspective changed again. When you started to think about those problems that you used to have, you, you realized it felt like a very big deal at the time. But now doesn't seem like a very big deal at all because now you're an adult 
And as an adult, you've got real problems that you're dealing with in your life. You're navigating a nasty divorce. You're dealing with the death of someone that you love. You're in a fight for your life battling this thing called cancer. And like all of your previous problems, at every stage in your life, it feels like a really big problem because the pain is real. You feel a little overwhelmed by all of these problems. You start to struggle to find any sleep. You're tossing and turning every night. You're living with anxiety and and a little bit of worry. You're stressed to the max. And there is no peace in your life because you are dealing with what feels like a real problem. So what do you do with that? It depends on how you look at it. I need you to hear me say this. If this life is all there is, then these are not just problems. These are huge problems. But if the resurrection really happened, and if you really are going to live forever, That's a word that's hard to even wrap your mind around. But but if you really are going to live forever, then that forces you to look at all of these problems against the backdrop of eternity. And when you start to do that, the thing that feels like such a big deal, it may not even be that big of a deal. James, the brother of Jesus, He said something very interesting in a letter that he was writing to Christians. In James chapter 4, verse 4, James is talking about people who think their life is such a big deal. They're walking around and they're boasting about their plans for tomorrow and how big of a deal they are and all the things that they're going to accomplish. And right there in James chapter 4, verse 4, James said, what is your life? His answer Your life, not not just these moments in your life, your whole life, it's no big deal. He says, your life is like a mist or a vapor. It is here for a moment and then it is gone. Do you know why he could suggest that your whole life and all of these moments in your life are, are really not that big of a deal? Because James understood it's not about us. Life is about something that is way bigger than us. It's about Jesus. You need to know the resurrection of Jesus means the worst thing is never the last thing. For people who are followers of Jesus, the best is yet to come. And in the meantime, you cannot allow all these little things in your life to become a bigger deal than they should be. You've got to keep it in perspective. And I mean, you've got to ask the question not, is this going to matter in a year? You've got to ask yourself, will this really matter in eternity? I want you to remember this. If Jesus overcame the worst thing that ever happened in his life, 
then he can help you overcome the worst things that will ever happen in your life. How can I say that? Because Jesus himself said that to his followers. John chapter 17, verse 33, he said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, sure, you'll have trouble, but take heart because I have overcome the world. As you think about everything that we've learned today, I want to leave you with this final thought. The resurrection of Jesus doesn't just do something for us. It demands something from us. If you don't believe it, then there's no benefit to it. If you really go through life and you don't believe it, and I mean, you just kind of say, I just can't buy into this idea that someone could come back from the dead then that changes how you look at every problem in your life. But if you do believe it, and I mean you really believe it, then all of a sudden the resurrection of Jesus puts everything else into proper perspective, and it's that perspective that produces peace. It gives us peace in our lives, and ultimately it gives us peace with God. Romans chapter 5 verse 1. Therefore since we have been justified by faith, we're justified by believing in the reality of the resurrection, we have peace with God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And that's why the resurrection of Jesus matters. Will you pray with me? As we bow our heads, I want to ask those of you who have not put your faith in Jesus to seriously consider it at this moment in time. You may have walked in here today with no peace in your life. Everything is a huge deal. You're stressed out. You're unhappy. You're miserable to be around. But because there is no peace. Maybe today God brought you here so that you could discover the peace that Jesus came to give came to give it by giving you perspective and by being present with you. I tell people all the time, it's not about what you're going through. It's about who you're going through it with. I want you to go through it with Jesus. And so right where you sit, just confess to God that you need Jesus in your life. Say, I need Jesus to give me peace. I need Jesus to be with me in the midst of these difficult moments like he was with his disciples in that room. Admit to God that you need Jesus to forgive your sins. Admit that that you need Jesus to lead your life. When you do, I, I need you to know that that faith, that act of faith, it changes everything. God, we thank you so much for Jesus. We thank you for the reality of the resurrection. We thank you for teaching us how the resurrection matters, not just in eternal life, but how it matters when it comes to this life here on earth. I pray all of these things in Jesus' name, amen.